Along the cracked sidewalk of Fulton Street comes a green mailbox. It's clearly weathered, rusted from years of service. Its door no longer opens. Its maw no longer craves for words or pictures. It sits with an unknown and unspoken amount of secret things from one to another that will be privy to no one. A lengthy electric bill from a forgotten tenant on third, last notice. An ad from some political campaign once in history with cheering families, flags, and policies. It's over now. Happy birthday. Here, have a concise but kind message from your mother about how proud she is of you. Maybe a dollar or two? A store that is long since closed is having a buy one, get one 30% off sale. Hurry before it's too late. Perhaps a spam mail before your cell phone was the receiver. They're writing for the concern of your extended car warranty. Congratulations! John has been approved for a line of credit. A holiday card from the Doe's, where the names are scrawled at the bottom from an evening of writing. Smiles fill the picture, faded with time. A handwritten letter on thin lined paper. Spindly words fill the pages as someone who has passed on writes. Declarations of love fill this envelope, scribed in a moment of euphoria, unopened. Or, possibly, nothing at all. Who knows? Sure was a mysterious mailbox, wasn't it? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just a traveler like yourself. Been down the same road as you are now. Suppose I can be your guide on the last leg of your journey with this podcast. Seems like we're making our way towards a walk bridge. You may look old, but she's a beauty. Lights up like a Christmas tree at night. What a sight. If only these boards could talk. They'd probably tell a story like this. The old man stood, just steps away from his next journey, on the cusp of something new, something enticing, yet terrifying, something he's been waiting for since she walked on without him. For far too long, his bridge represented everything he needed since she left, and everything was simply her. As he looked around, he took in the last moments of his journey before crossing. The bench they used to sit on to watch the ripples of the river, they found out the name of their first grandchild here. The river they would spend their summer afternoons on when they were young, 
floating lazily down on the soft current as the sun drenched their young skin. The sky they would watch ignite with color on those cool fall evenings. He was happy holding her hand through this life. Then she left. She hadn't been well, and while he understood it was difficult for him to accept that she was gone, he still sat on their bench to feed the ducks alone. The river was now simply a source of cold that fueled the winter winds, and the sky was nothing more than a dark cloud that would muffle the light of day until he saw her once more. He was ready for this journey to end, and his fear of what was to come melted. He was ready to start anew, to be with her. He looked out on the bridge again, but now she was on the other side. She was young, beautiful, and looking just as she did on the day they had first met. His tired limbs found their youthful energy, and he stepped onto the bridge, moving as quickly as his weakening body would allow. She stood and waited, excited to embrace him again. With each step he took, the bridge behind him slowly faded into light, each board dissolving under his feet. As he rushed towards her, he moved faster with every step and became younger. He was within inches of her, and she jumped into his arms. The worries and stresses of the world were behind him as he began the next stage of his existence. As they embraced, everything around them burst into pure light. They were young lovers once more, together. He had finally arrived, and her years of waiting had come to an end. They were with each other once more, and nothing else mattered. His final thought, as the light around him folded inward, this is happiness. Now that we've made it across the river, let's take some time to enjoy the scenery. Hear the quiet sound of the wind blowing and the breeze that it carries. As the temperature begins to rise and, well, things start to return to normal, this area may soon become quite lively. During the summertime, the downtown farmer's market takes place over at the Phoenix Park Pavilion. There you can find all sorts of fresh fruits, veggies, and other sort of goods that'll bring joy to anyone's day. Now, what kind of farmer's market wouldn't be complete without a little love story? And right after, another little story about a big, big world. Colors, so many colors. No messages. He's late. I am well aware of that subconscious. Thank you. Why do I put myself in these positions? Ben insisted on meeting here. We should have suggested somewhere else. Orange, blue, green, yellow, all blend together. I can't think straight. There's just so many people talking. If this were any normal Sunday afternoon, we wouldn't be at the market. We would be at home, safe in our bed 
peacefully existing. Orange, blue, green, yellow, noise, so much noise, yet still no Ben. No tall, lanky, curly-haired, blonde boy in sight. I guess he just doesn't like me. If Ben was so insistent on meeting you at the market, why is he ten minutes late? Maybe this is the universe telling me I shouldn't be in a relationship. Orange, blue, green, yellow, orange, blue, green, yellow, orange, blue. I need to leave. I need to go. So many people. God. I wish Ben would just show up and sweep me off my feet and take me away from all these chatterboxes. Excuse me. Pardon me. I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Keep walking. Head down. Keep walking. Blue. A message. This better be... It's not. Nothing. Unbelievable. Put phone in pocket. Keep walking. Phone in pocket. Why won't this... Damn it. You dropped it, loser. Nice going. Pick it up. Keep walking. Oh, shit. I definitely just killed someone. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Wow. No, it's okay. These jeans needed some new grass stains anyway. Pink. Purple. Pink. Purple. Pink. Have we seen these colors before? In all the years, we've never experienced this. It's hope, happiness, wonder. Have we responded? Shit. I mean, if anything, you at least pull them off. Hmm. I wasn't too sure. Maybe I should bleach them. Bleach jeans are way out of style. I don't know if that's a good idea. Are you joking? Bleach jeans are all over TikTok. Catch up, woman. Oh, I could never download TikTok. I'd feel like I'm betraying Vine. Vine? What are you, a millennial? Absolutely not. I'm in that weird dark space in between. The, uh, Genzennials, I believe we're called. Wow. I've never met a real-life Genzennial before. Well, here I am, in the flesh. I am honored to be in your presence. And what's your name, Miss Weird Dark Space in Between? Elena. Parker. I didn't like the color pink until you. What? Shit, was that out loud? Nothing. Uh, sorry. Uh, um, no worries. So, what's a place like you doing in a girl like this? <laughs> Strike that. Reverse it. Pink, purple, pink, purple, pink. Wow. <laughs> um, keeping up my streak of being perpetually let down, I suppose. Well, that's no way to spend a beautiful afternoon like this. You're telling me. Blue, a message. She's still got our phone. I believe this belongs to you. Oh, gosh, thank you. Three messages. Ben, Ben, but not right now. Anything important? Absolutely not. Uh, hey, do you... Orange, blue, green, yellow, brown, black, orange, blue, green, yellow, brown, black. This is too much. Hey, are you okay? Orange, blue, green, yellow, green, brown, black, orange, blue, green, yellow, green, brown, orange, blue, yellow, orange, blue, gone. You know, I love kids. I really do. But sometimes their colors can be so annoying. Their colors? Are you sure you're okay? Oh, yeah, I I'm totally fine. I should explain. Uh, I'm a synesthete. A syn what now? I have synesthesia. You know, I see colors with sounds. Oh, I've heard of that. That's sick as hell. So it corresponds with voices? Yeah. Is that what you meant earlier when you referred to me as pink? It is indeed. Elena, there you are. Red. Blinding, piercing red. The audacity. Ben. Hey, I've been looking for you. I called you twice. I'm sorry about being late. Stop talking. Who's this? Oh, I'm just a stranger. 
Don't even worry about me. I'll get out of your hair. It was nice to meet you, Elena. Wait. Come on, Elena, let's go. I got a lot planned for today. Ben, stop talking. What? Please, stop talking. If this is about me being late, I said I was sorry. I texted you to explain. I had to stop for gas, then I had to. She's go getting away! Pink, purple, pink, purple, pink, purple, pink, purple, pink, purple, pink, pink! What? Look, Ben, I'm sure you're a really great guy, but you are literally a walking red flag. Red has never worked out for me, and I can't let her walk away. I won't be left with a what if. I'm sorry. It was really great to meet you. Run. Go get her. Parker. Wow. The girl who expanded our color palette, who introduced us to a new color, unknown and waiting to be explored. Parker, wait! I will never forget the first time I saw the universe expand. Let me go back to the beginning. I started out very small. I was pressed into soil by giant yet gentle hands who provided me with all the water and the sunlight that I needed to thrive. The days passed quickly, peacefully. I was nurtured and cared for. As I got older, my roots began to grow and explore. We need more room, they shouted, and I agreed. We made our way through the soil inch by inch, my leaves and roots growing in tandem. I thought I might grow forever and never reach the ends of the earth. But then, suddenly I did. Who knew that it could be so small? The edges of my little world caged me in. I was trapped. My roots began to curl and tangle around themselves as they searched for freedom. I began to grow sad and desperate, and my leaves suffered for it. Pieces of me withered and crumbled away. All hope was lost, and I thought, surely this must be the end. Then, something magical happened. Those strange giant hands that had nourished me from the beginning cradled me and pulled me from the earth. I was flying. I was a floating cloud of soil and leaf crossing a great divide. I was lifted right from my little world that I had always known and deposited into a new world. This world was bigger than my last home with more soil and more room to grow. Slowly, my roots untangled and my leaves recovered. I was green and happy once again. The second time I felt the universe expand was when I noticed them. Throughout this huge new world of mine were other beings, fellow terrestrial travelers. Some were like me. Some were vastly different. There's a whole network of us stretching on and on and on forever. As my roots have spread throughout this network, I have learned so much. And there is still so much to explore. The universe continues to grow, and so will I.
you thought those last two stories were something special, then you're in for a real treat with this next one. Did you know that there was a social movement for over seven years in Eau Claire to allow chicken coops to be built on residential property? It's a fact, and they succeeded back in 2018. You can raise chickens at your home, as long as you have a license. This would make a guy like Georgie absolutely ecstatic. But what will his wife think? Let's find out. On November 27, 2018, Eau Claire City Council passed an ordinance allowing domestic chicken raising within residential districts. Our scene begins in a suburban home, with Georgie and Claire, a married couple. Georgie is in the yard, admiring his new chicken coop. Claire opens the back door and steps outside. Oh, hey honey, how was work? Um, it was fine. Is there something that you want to tell me? Oh god, you found out. Honey, I've been having a... Oh, you mean the coop. I've, I've been having a, a great time all day building this chicken coop for us. Isn't it perfect? Seven years of waiting has really paid off. You... You built us a chicken coop? Yeah, check it out. And I already got the chickens in there. I'm not going anywhere near that thing. Huh? Don't you know that I have electrophobia? You what? Did you give it to me? No, I... Of, of course not. I mean, I'm afraid of chickens. What? That's ridiculous. Look at the little guy. If you don't get that thing away from me right now, I swear I will file for divorce. Jeez, okay. It's okay, Henry. She just has to warm up to you. Henry... Yeah, I thought he was a hen at first. When I found out he was a cock, I wanted to rename him Dick, but that seemed like low-hanging fruit. Henry, Dick... Okay, honey, my point here is that you built a chicken coop in our backyard without asking me. I'm afraid of chickens. We can't keep this thing. But think of how much money we'll save on eggs. That's not even a hen! You bought a fucking rooster! I've heard it both ways. You've... No! It's... It's a rooster! Roosters literally can't lay eggs! Not with that attitude. It's genetics, you hippity-dippity fuck! Oh, what do you know? Well, I know the difference between a hen and a rooster. And I know that it's stupid that you spent years campaigning to get a dumb chicken ordinance passed. Oh, just you wait. Just. You. Wait. Oh yeah? Well, how long do you expect me to wait? One week later, Claire and Georgie are in their living room together. Georgie stares out the window at the backyard. <laughs> honey. <laughs> Henry lived a good life, honey. You're just not a chicken farmer. You did your best. I failed him. He trusted me. <laughs> and I let him down. I just thought he'd like a friend. 
<laughs> Why did you think that friend should be a coyote? <laughs> TV, okay? And cartoons. Wiley seemed to really like him. The way Wiley smiled at him and purred. It seemed like a really beautiful little backyard rom-com. <laughs> Honey, coyotes don't purr. <laughs> what was that noise he was making? He was growling because he's a fucking wild canine. <laughs> okay, look, sorry, sorry, I don't mean to kick you when you're down, but I really feel like you should have seen this coming. Especially if you were basing your logic on Looney Tunes. Wily and Roadrunner hate each other. Well, excuse me for believing in the power of friendship. Wait, do you see that? Henry, now a ghostly projection, phases through a wall and into their living room. Jesus Christ, it's a chicken! Ah! What are you screaming for? I'm the one who's afraid of chickens! It's not just a chicken, it's a ghost chicken! A phantom fowl, an ethereal egg layer, a poltergeist poultry. No, a poultrygeist! And you know I'm scared of ghosts! Are you kidding me? There's no such thing as ghosts! That's your fucking chicken! It must have gotten away before Wiley could eat it! And it's in my house! It's a ghost! Call them! Call them! Who am I gonna call? You know who. Animal control? Christ, woman, you'll doom us all. Animal control? Don't be ridiculous. They're not equipped to deal with a ghost chicken. How are you afraid of ghosts? That's so stupid. I'm stupid. You're scared of chickens. Uh, they evolved from dinosaurs. At least my thing is real. Oh, my phasmophobia is very real. Your phasma... what? Yeah. You thought you were the only one with a fancy word for your thing. Well, I've got one too. Phasmophobia. Fear of ghosts. I think it's Greek or something. You're ridiculous. You just don't understand. You've never understood me. Once the ghost chicken is gone, I want you gone too. This marriage is over. Oh, you're right. I'm done. Our marriage has been dead for years. It's the real ghost here. Blackout. You might think we're pulling your leg with that last one, but it's true. Ghost chickens have been spotted in the Eau Claire area. Spooky stuff, folks. Now, just a heads up for our next piece. It's going to be a bit of a tone shift from the last, so keep that in mind as we move along. You ever feel like you just need to take a walk to clear your head and think about life? I've certainly been guilty of this once or twice, and you're probably no stranger to this either. Take a seat with me as we peer into the viewfinder with this next story. I went out walking to get my mind right. 
I just needed to breathe. Things have felt off. A couple stops me on my walk. Would you mind taking our picture? We want to capture this moment, they say. Sure. They pose by this abstract sculpture of what's supposed to be a camera. I'm looking down the viewfinder at them. Click. <laughs> and there they are on the phone screen, frozen in time. A never-ending moment. <laughs> I have to smile. It seems like people want to capture everything. You know, they post a million pictures on Facebook after a vacation or a night out. How do they even take that many? <laughs> It's like they have their own personal paparazzi. I have a close friend who's adamantly against all that. It's a mindfulness thing. You're so focused on getting the perfect picture, the perfect shot, that you miss what's staring you right in the face. That's what he says anyway. And, well, he's right. The couple thanks me and goes on their way. I'm still staring at the sculpture. What does a picture do? <laughs> Prove you're there? That you're real? At the end of it all, you can have a collection of trophies. <laughs> yeah, I'm hot shit. The Bahamas, family vacation, 2010 right there. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> My friend would say they weren't living in the moment. Again, he's right. But what is the moment? My friend attempted suicide last week. Almost jumped off a bridge. He didn't, but now he's in a psychiatric hospital. He's getting therapy. It's good for him, I suppose. But it makes you think. What kind of moment was he living in? What kind of moments are the rest of us all actually living in? Maybe it's a good thing he wasn't living too much in that moment. Maybe this is why people want to preserve everything. Hold on to it. The pictures, I mean. Because you see, we never know when, well, when we might lose someone. One moment there, posing with a statue, the next, gone. So we take a bunch of pictures. It's like the vacation never ended, or that girl never broke up with me, or grandma never died, or... I didn't almost lose my friend. But when I heard the news about him, I didn't frantically scramble to find a picture. I thought about all the memories captured in my mind. I remembered meeting him for the first time in sixth grade science. I remembered every sleepover, every stupid dare and prank, every philosophical discussion, every time I said, I love you. And every time, I couldn't. But I thank God that I get a chance to say it at least one more time.
Along this street, there's a store, fittingly called Odd Humans. Take a moment to pop in, because inside this store is a newer green mailbox, one with a fresh coat of paint. It craves letters, craves words, craves pictures, craves... thoughts. However, no one holds the key. This box is destined simply to be full. Of what? Who's to say? Well, you are. If you ask nicely, the people inside will offer you a pen, paper, and an envelope. Once you close this envelope, it will never be opened again. What will you write? In a moment where anything can be expressed without anxiety, what will you say? Maybe you decide to tell a person you've admired for a while how you feel. Express your hatred about your least favorite animal. It's time the world knew. A story about a friend you remember dearly. If you're inspired, write a poem about a chicken. How are you feeling today? Some doodles or drawings could fill your page. Maybe a day you never want to forget. Write about a moment where you were the most proud of yourself. That quote that got you through the worst time in your life. You might get to say goodbye. Hello. I'm sorry. I love you. These are all strong options. A moment in time that will never be experienced again. It is a blank page, similar to the one in front of you. You choose what you write and what you do not.